Version two of Jova was rolled out about a week ago, and so far I've loved the changes that they've made to the platform. They've reduced the number of folders, they've made it simpler to update and add apps, they've added in features to the command line, and one of the features that I was dealing with this morning is they changed the unit testing using different libraries and the structure of it's a little bit different. And it's changed up how some of our test cases run. The old version, Jova version one, used unit testing with the JavaScript testing frameworks of Mocha and Chai. And it had made it so that our unit tests were outlined with four loops for each of the platforms for Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant, the two platforms that we unit test for. And then inside of those for loops, you would have suites of tests that were inside of described blocks. And then inside of the described blocks for your test suites, you had individual tests that were described with it statements to describe it does X. And then you would have these asynchronous uh, calls with a send statement or a return statement, and then a dot then to, to catch the asynchronous call. In the new unit testing framework, they've transitioned, instead of using Mocha and Chai as their JavaScript testing libraries, now Jovo is using Jest. And I'd never heard of Jest before. Just running the tests, I really like the output that it gives. Because in the, in the terminal, when you run npm test, that's the command you run to actually get your unit tests to run, to make it so that all of the different tests that are inside of your test folder get run in a single string, they get it run in a single execution. You see a nice tallying progress bar that then counts all of the passing and failing tests. And it outlines it with a lot more detail than what we got when we were using Mocha and Chai. With Mocha and Chai, we just got this really brief pass or fail. And in the pass or fail, if you didn't have a variable defined, it would tell you, hey, this variable is not defined, or it would tell you, hey, this module is not imported. But if it was that the function returned a different response than you expected it to, it would just tell you false. Hey, it failed. It wouldn't, it wouldn't give you a line number. It wouldn't really give you much specifics. So we've gotten a little bit more clarity. When Jovo switched over to version two, and now they're using Jest, Jest gives us better logging outputs, and it gives us more details when we're looking into the logs. So that way, when we're using the unit test to debug and to try to encourage test-driven development, we can continue to iterate more and spend less time trying to debug logs. Because with test-driven development, we're always, we're, our entire code is driven by the test, hence the name test-driven. So we start by writing tests. And if our tests aren't very descriptive and if they don't give good logging outputs, it's very hard to have the tests be what drives our code and what drives our development. So the fact that we are now using Jest and it's gonna give us more data in the logs, it's gonna let us use test-driven development to another level and really help us to embrace the philosophy of starting with tests, having the tests be the source of truth, and, and always making sure that our tests are right. We're starting to get a lot of applications for Voice First. Since our last, the fall semester ended at Ohio State University, now I'm uh, spending a lot of time experimenting and I'm building a voice app every single day. I saw Jan Koenig, the founder of Jovo, he put out a challenge to everybody for 2019 to publish a voice app every single month. So if we publish a voice app every single month, that's going to be 12 voice apps in a year, which really isn't a ton of work. And if you do that, you'll have 
Actually, a total of 24 apps because you would have left at the fort. 12 Alexis and you would also North. have Follow signs for I-270. And you would also have 12 Google Actions, so a total of 24 apps. And how many people can really say that they've built 24 apps in a year? Keep even, left at the fort. So even if you're not doing anything productive with those apps, even if they don't generate revenue for you, voice is such a young space that nobody is executing and practicing like that. So you're giving yourselves the experience that 90% of other developers on this planet don't have. And after a year where you've built 24 apps, I guarantee you you're gonna roll into 2020 with perfect vision. And you're just gonna see how to build voice apps in a way that a lot of other people don't. You're gonna be able to execute on tools that people don't. Like, a lot of us build voice apps that are really good at one single thing, like a voice app that is connected with a database like Firebase, or a voice app that leverages a voice actor and using MP3 files. How many people have done it all? How many people have built a voice app that's multimodal and uses the Echo Show as the screen and hooks up with the database and leverages a data store and connects with multiple other services, API calls, shoots text messages? Voice is really a platform where you can do a lot of complex tasks, but we don't give ourselves the space to actually go and create and to experiment and to try new things. We get too bogged down in our next goal that we forget to experiment and innovate and really discover the new things that we can discover that are gonna make it so that way we can continue to stay ahead where everybody else is comfortable. Especially now that I'm starting to see companies that are established in the voice space, I see people who missed out on the technology of Jovo and they're just building native Alexa skills and native actions for Google and they don't realize how easy it would be to continue to iterate if they had Jovo. Because now they have to build out two independent code bases. And they're having, if you look at specific parts and tools, like building an Alexa skill, if you want to access the name or the address that Alexa has on file, you have to write 20 to 30 lines of code in order to get that information and then to use it is gonna be another set of five to 10 lines every time you wanna use it. If you're using Jovo, it's one to three lines of code. It's do they, you ask if they have their permission and then you use that variable. So when, when I was showing a couple teams that are dedicated entirely to Alexa and native Alexa development, when I showed them this, they were like, well, they just built a wrapper around it. And I was like, yeah, exactly. But why aren't you leveraging that wrapper? Because that wrapper was someone saying, hey, this is inefficient to build it for Alexa. So let's build an abstraction layer so that way it's easier and faster for us to continue to build because we shouldn't have to spend 30 lines of code writing something. If you can write it in three lines of code, save yourself the time, and then keep, keep building towards the goal. Because the goal is not to spend an hour trying to get someone's name. The goal is to use their name to provide the customer value. So spending less time on the code and more time wondering how you can provide value to the customer, I think is one of the goals for Voice First. Trying to continue to make a balance between being really excited about the technology but also being excited about the value we can add to our customers, the excitement that we can create by using the voice interface in ways that nobody has thought of using it before. By creating experiences that excite people and surprise them when they launch our app so that they can discover Easter eggs in our apps that they wouldn't have ever discovered or they can be surprised by voices that they weren't expecting to hear when they were talking to their Lexi service or by getting a response on their screen that's visually exciting and more exciting than just a straight up voice response. The opportunities that are coming in 2019 with the number of voice devices that are currently being sold and are gonna continue to be sold 
are amazing and the people that are continuing to experiment and setting new goals for themselves and trying new things are the people that are going to tap into that energy first and are really going to be successful on the platform. So Voice first created a Udemy course to instruct programmers on how to create voice apps on Google Home and Amazon Alexa. We're going to have to alter our course given the changes that were made in this newest update, but it's a good thing. And the reason that we're going to have to update it is because Jova went in and simplified a lot of the processes of getting from starting your app, ideating on what you want to create, and publishing it to Google and Amazon. So we're going to be changing our course. Right now we have 64 lectures. But the greater significance of this second version is that it goes to show that Jovo itself is playing the iterated game of making a better product for the people who use it. And so we're really excited for the next version and all the versions to follow because it is going to enable people to create in a way that was not possible in 2018. I've been trying to build a lot of apps to iterate and experiment with the technologies of voice that I haven't played with yet. So I've been waking up, building a new app, and then trying to submit it. So the first app that I built over break was Naturally United, and it's for a company called Naturally United Outdoors Company. They are trying to preserve the nature of this world, um, and they donate a lot of their profits towards the preservation of natural parks. So with them, built a very quick app took me like I spent two maybe three hours sitting down created a new Jovo project and then I added in one intent to be able to get hiking trails and that is just the start I went and published that and it's now live on Amazon Alexa if you go to the Alexa skill store and search for Naturally United or you say Lexi enable Naturally United you'll be able to see the app that we built already I published it again on Actions on Google, and they have not approved it yet. So Alexa had a much faster turnaround for publishing that app than Google did. Google is still thinking about it, still processing it, and it, it makes me wonder if Google has a harder testing period. Do they put apps under, do they hold them to a much higher standard? Or is Alexa just really trying to pump apps out, get more apps on the store? Because if you look at the numbers, there are a significantly larger number of apps on Amazon Alexa than there are on Google Assistant. And part of that is because Lexi came out before Amazon or before Google Assistant did. But it could also be, it could be contributing to that. The gatekeepers of Google Assistant are trying to make it harder to have higher quality control on the apps that are on the platform. Because you look at apps that are on Amazon Alexa, and there are a lot of apps that do very little, very basic apps for developers, hobbyists, anybody can create an Alexa skill. So I think Amazon makes it easy for anybody to do that and publish it so that way they can feel part of the community. They can feel more ownership of the voice space by putting their app on and then saying, hey family, this is an app that I've used. If you go out and buy an Amazon Echo Dot for $25, you can try it out. It gives family members a reason to get their first voice product. It gives creators and hobbyists a reason to be advertisers and be advocates for the platform and it helps Alexa because they get more users overall using the platform and more apps for them to advertise and say hey developers are using this platform hey businesses are using this platform 
Why aren't you here? Why aren't you part of the party? You're behind, you're not on the wave. But for Google, everything on there feels very refined and finished. You go on there and you play their Jeopardy or you try any of the voice apps for Geico or for Domino's and they feel very refined and like they've thought a little bit more about how it's gonna work on Android and on the Google Home Hub and on the Google Home Mini. They've thought of it through all of the different contexts and they're just setting a much higher bar. They say, hey, this is a little bit too close to this interaction or hey, it sounds like you guys are trying to use transactions or charge someone for a thing, but you're not using the transaction API or hey, some of the words that you're using in the description of this app sound a little bit misleading. Google has a much higher bar, whereas the exact same app using the exact same description and the exact same features will get accepted on Alexa. It can get denied on Google because of the standards that they have. So the first app I built was for Natural United and it's just in its infancy. Putting it out there gives us that initial commit so that way we can play the iterative game. The iterative game has now started. We've gone through a full loop of have an idea, put it out there, and now we're on that last step of get feedback. So that way we can have another idea, we can have another idea, execute on that, and then get feedback again, and then have that loop continue and get faster and faster. Just by putting it out there, the owner of the business came back and he said, well now let's add this feature in. Let's make it so that we can give them hiking trails based off of the location of their devices. Or let's let them donate to natural national parks and more ideas. It's We've seen this with a lot of businesses on voice. Giving someone an MVP, giving them the proof of concept or the minimum viable product sparks the imagination. So that way they can continue to think more and they immediately have so many more ideas makes me think of the the quote from John Lasseter art challenges technology and technology inspires art once we build the app once we give the technology to the creators the people who have the creative minds the artistic minds their minds then expand more to try to think about the next creative step that we can take knowing the new limitations of the technology that they're using and when they ask for those new things we might be challenged in the technology oh we don't know how to add transactions yet. When a customer asks us to add transactions, Jovo hasn't given us the library for transactions yet. But as I've learned from messaging some Jovo developers, we can add transactions using Google just by adding the Google Transactions API library on top of the Jovo app. So we got challenged, the artists, the, the business owners said, hey, we wanna be able to charge people. They had this creative idea. We as the tech people said, oh wait, the technology's not there yet. So then we started asking questions and we started figuring out how can we make the technology better. And we had some developers reply from the Jovo community that said, hey, this is how you do it. So now the technology is caught up to the artists and now we need to implement that. And once we put in that change, the artists are gonna see the new ability for the technologies, the new capabilities for their application. And they're gonna have a million more ideas. And that keeps this loop going. We each challenge each other, push each other harder to do more, to do new innovations, to create more and it lets us build apps that nobody ever thought of before. It lets us really push the voice interface to creating new apps, the unicorns of voice, the, the killer apps that have yet to be created on voice, the stuff that, like banking on mobile or Uber, nobody ever thought of those services before the technology was capable of doing those services, before the phone had the ability to geolocate, before the phone had the ability to store all of your credit card details, to leverage all of the technologies and APIs that it does. Voice is 
younger than the phone technologies, but it's growing very fast. So the apps that people are using for, the big killer apps right now are Spotify, Uber, Domino's, apps that have already existed on other types of technologies. Nobody, we haven't seen the big killer apps that are voice first companies. The people that are trying new things and that are being challenged by the creators, they're not just using the technology for the libraries that are already defined, they're trying to remix things that already exist to create something new. Those are the people that are really gonna find a lot of success. So after the Natural United app, I went and built an app that we've been talking about internally for a while, which is an app to set goals for our team. When we have our weekly team meeting, we go around a circle and we all talk about the goals that we set for the past week, and we talk about the challenges that we hit along the way, and someone is the note keeper for the entire thing to track the goals, to remind people of what their goals were, if they forgot, and then they write down the new goals. That takes up part of our time and it detracts from the overall meeting because we try to keep the meetings relatively short. We're all, most of us are college students and most of us have other commitments besides Voice First. So when we spend five, 10 minutes out of that time just trying to find the notes that we had, trying to find the goals that we had last time, it wastes a lot of time that we could be having talking about the future of our company and talking about the next goals that we could be executing on and the apps that we're really wanting to build. So I built a team goals application on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant so that my team and any team can keep track of their goals. All that you have to say is, Lexi, launch team goals, or if you don't have it enabled, say Lexi, enable team goals, and then she'll ask you for the name of a person, and when you give the name of that person, she'll then ask, do you want to hear their goals or do you want to update their goals? And if you say hear their goals, it'll grab their goals from the database. We're using Firebase as the database, which is Google's NoSQL database. And if you say update the goals, it'll then prompt you to say a new goal, and then it'll overwrite the current goal with a new goal for that entry. So you can store one goal per name right now, and we put that one out there. That way it's one step closer towards having an internal sales tool for our company. In the long term, what we think this app is gonna give us the chance to do is to show how businesses can use voice in their internal activities. How companies can use voice for their business meetings, how they can use it to track productivity, how they can use it to set goals, and ways to make collaborating and communicating and executing as a business a little more seamless, more efficient, by using the voice to communicate rather than any other technology. And I think in doing this, we're gonna find new features and new services to provide business that other technologies weren't capable of, either because they were too intrusive or they didn't have features or the technology couldn't be in a space where this feature would have been the most beneficial. Already after putting out this app, one of the members of our team said, hey, why did we put the team goals outside in its own standalone app? Why didn't we just bake it into the voice first voice app that's already out on Google Assistant and Amazon Alexa? And then just continue to expand the app that we already had. And I was like, wow, you're right. That's the feedback that I needed. That's part of the iterative game cycle because now, now we have the new idea. Okay, let's take the app that we have and make it a feature inside of one of our existing apps. So we, we built a proof of concept as a standalone app. Now that we've seen that this proof of concept works, let's put it into an app that we already have and then it's a copy and paste. We don't have to sit down. We're not recreating. It's not day one. We're copying it, pasting it into something that's existing and then just trying to make a couple tweaks, trying to make a couple turns of the wrench to really fit it in place, fit the puzzle pieces together, 
so that our app functions better as a whole with this new feature. And our voice app's gonna keep growing. The Voice First app on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant gives people information on Voice First as a business. I want it to grow to be able to provide more information on the apps that we built and the, the podcast and allow for our community to have a space on voice. Because I don't know if people are doing that yet. <laughs> and each time that we do something that nobody else has tried before, we plant another seed in the ground to try to see, is this something that the voice community is gonna find valuable? And the more seeds that we plant, the more likely it is that one of these is gonna grow into a tree that we're able to really rest our laurels on and really be successful with. So the Team Goals app, I think is gonna be great for our team internally to be able to use the apps that we're building. And once we have validated the concept by adding on more features to this internal sales or business team app, then we can start to sell it to other companies. Once we've validated the value and we've seen this is the kind of ways that our business is using it, we're gonna just naturally start to talk about that with people on the podcast and the people that we're collaborating with, people that are trying to do business with us, and then when we're selling them other apps, when we're working with companies that are in the food industry and we're selling them an app for customers to interact with their food service, well, what if internally you guys can also use our voice app to make your teams internally more productive at adding on features? It's just another thing for us to sell to, to make the businesses that we're trying to sell to more powerful, more productive, and happier with the services that we're providing to them. Today, the next app that I wanna be building, if, if I have time, is to build an app that leverages videos. Now that I have the Echo Show, I got the, the new version of the Amazon Echo Show when the Amazon team, the Amazon Alexa team, sent Voice First and Amazon Echo Show for some of the apps that we've been building out. That was amazing. Like that's a $230 device and we got that for free just because we're building apps for the platform. So now that we have that, it's given us the chance to see that a lot of the apps that we built are not taking advantage of the screen. We're not leveraging videos much. And on the Google Home Hub, you can say, we tested this this morning, you can say, hey Google, play cat videos on YouTube or play um, the most recent episode of Natural United on YouTube. And then it'll pull up a list of videos and you can watch videos on YouTube straight from the Google Home Hub. And that is really engaging because I can just play that and then Google can autoplay videos in the background on my Google Home Hub, just off to the side. For me, when I go back to college in the spring, I can see myself while I'm coding in my room, having my Google Home Hub over to the side, and I just say, hey, play Jovo videos, or play videos on Gary Vee if I wanna feel motivation, or if I wanna learn more about the voice space, show me videos of voice, show me videos of Jovo, play videos on YouTube of Jovo or of Voiceiety, or any of the companies that we've been working with, to just passively have that. It's like having TV on in the side and rather than having to waste my screen, which is currently what stops me from using YouTube, my screen is being used for development and for my main focus. But the Google Home Hub is, is small enough that I can put it anywhere, I can put it on a side table, and it has a really rich, high resolution screen so that I can use YouTube very easily to play videos for longer periods of time. So Google's figured that out and they're leveraging the screens for voice first interactions. Us, voice first, we have not started leveraging the screens yet in any major way. So that's what I wanna start testing today. I wanna build out an app. I wanna actually build out the Natural United app to try to see if we can put one of their YouTube videos on their Alexa skill and I'll 
test that using the Google Home Hub and using the Amazon Echo Show. If that works, then we can add videos into all of our apps. In the same way that I took the Team Goals app, or I want to take the Team Goals app and put that inside of the Voice First app now that I've validated the concept, the path was get a new idea, validate the concept, and then copy and paste the validated concept into new apps now that you know that it works, and then just make very small tweaks to put the puzzle piece into the larger picture. So we'll do the same with the videos. We'll create a video app that's a proof of concept very quickly, take like half an hour to an hour to build it, validate the concept, put it out live on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant for the whole world to see, let them give us feedback in the form of reviews and emails and other interactions like tweets, voice-iety comments. And once we validated the concept, we put it into our other apps. We sell it to our customers. We roll out feature updates for the apps that we already have. And we keep playing the iterative games that keeps us innovating and prevents us from failing. So today's a chance for us to play another iterative game, to take another step to have an idea, to execute and to get feedback. We're trying to make the loop faster. We're able to build apps in an hour. The more that we play these games and iterate, the faster we're able to improve and the longer we're able to stay in business and play with the leaders that are really creating the future of voice and the future of technology.